Welcome back to Lucid Living, and if this is your first time, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to have you aboard. My name is Andrew Larkin. I'm an actor, model, performer, storyteller, and today I'm going to be your host, your guide for today's podcast episode. All right, my friend, truly don't even know what I'm going to talk about today, but we're going to wing it, and uh, certain things have been coming up that I think is going to inspire some 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 rabbit holes and some tangents and some conversations, so uh, get ready for that. And we got some life updates since last time we spoke. But first, let's do uh, some deep breathing. And I'm talking, let's just make this easy, make this quick. Uh, we're just going to do a couple of inhales through the nose and exhales out the mouth. We're just going to do three big inhales. And as we inhale, remember, expand the belly nice and big. Okay, big, big, big. Hold at the top. And then we're going to exhale. So let's start by grounding ourselves in this moment. We're going to do three breaths. And we're going to start by exhaling all the air out of our lungs with an exhale. In three, two, one. I'm going to inhale through the nose in three, in two, in one. Inhale. Big belly, big belly, big belly, big belly. Hold at the top. Exhale out the mouth. Feel the belly come back to your center. Then we're going to inhale in three, two, one. Inhale. Big belly, big belly, big belly, big belly. Hold at the top. Exhale out the mouth. Last one, inhale in three, two, one. Inhale through the nose. Big belly, big belly, big belly, big belly. Hold at the top. Exhale out the mouth. Let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. Beautiful. All right, some life updates, guys. Last time I spoke, the episode dropped on Monday, but I talked on Friday, and over that weekend, I never got to share, but we got our lifeguard certification, baby. Pretty cool, man. Um, so I passed, I actually signed up on Wednesday, and I had to do seven and a half hours of modules and take an online exam by Friday at like 3 p.m. So I did that for like two days. And then Friday, we had our first day where we had to do the physical exam uh, with swimming and different exercises. Um, and then Saturday, learning more techniques, learning CPR, learning how to use an AED, uh, learning the protocols of being a lifeguard, the duties, the primary assessments, secondary assessments, like all the obligations and everything. And then the third day, we put it all together and, you know, we go through the examination essentially and we take, we take a, another written exam and then we uh, have to pass a couple of physical um, examinations and modules, not modules, but like uh, practices where it's like real life scenarios. And it was just really fun, man. It was cool because there were a bunch of different groups. There was a father and a son. There was, you know, four girls who were like freshmen and sophomores in high school. A couple kids from college, a couple kids out of college. There was uh, immediately when I first got there, there were these kids. Um, let's see if I get their names. Ben, Tom, James, and Luke. And they were exchange students and they're actually living on the... Uh, the campus if you will like we were this was at a, a day camp so I thought it was gonna be indoor it was outside and there was like three pools slides it's like a whole thing so they like throughout the summer they have day camp so a lot of people you know they do this certification course and then they lifeguard um, at that location over the summer which is really amazing so I met these guys and they were living there uh, a lot of them were from the UK London um, and then one from New Zealand and these guys are just the sweetest human beings ever uh, just really cool really nice really down-to-earth and it was just a fun thing, man. We were just talking about culture, talking about life, um, you know, pushing each other uh, throughout the days because each day was about six, seven hours. Um, and it was pretty intense. It was really hot some days. It was really chilly other days. 
uh, Saturday that was very overcasty. So, you know, the water isn't cold, but when you get out and you get the wind chill, it's kind of gnarly. But, I mean, what a, what a journey, man. And it was really cool kind of just navigating, you know, putting yourself in an environment where you're with new people. How do you communicate? How do you show up? Are you a leader? Are you a follower? Um, and as a lifeguard, you really have to, in certain circumstances, you really have to take control and be specific and, and, and find your voice because you're saving a life. You know, you have to, you know, tell someone to get the AD, get the... Um, Call 911, all the things, and, and say you're doing chest compressions, talk to people, be a team, be a unit, and you have certain training so that when you go somewhere and you're with people who you've never met before, because you guys have the same training, that it doesn't matter, uh, you're able to save that life. So it's just, uh, it's, it's an honor. Uh, I think it's a really great skill, honestly, to just be able to learn CPR, something I've kind of wanted to do in the back of my head, especially, I mean, you never know with the state of the world, which we're going to talk about, uh, what could happen, and learning CPR learning how to use one of those AEDs, which was terrifying to me because I didn't know how to use it at all. Um, it's all a little bit a little bit tamer, a little bit easier, um, and I'm more practiced with it and proficient. And, you know, I want to save a life, man. That's, that's like on the bucket list. That would be really cool. And I want to be prepared for if something crazy happens. Like, I am equipped to be able to do that. And then also, if you guys don't know, the reason why I went to get my lifeguard certification was because starting July 1st, I'm going to go to the beach and uh, working with this program to basically just go to people's houses and teach little kiddos how to swim, probably like middle schoolers. Um, and I'm really excited about that. And it's, I'm excited to also bring breath work into that as well. I really think it would be really beneficial to teach kids at a young age how to breathe properly. You know, breathe through the belly, diaphragmatic breathing, um, breathing through the nose throughout the days, you know, just small stuff can accumulate uh, massive changes and reduce a lot of stress because it starts young, our unhealthy breathing patterns and habits. So I'm really excited about that. That's been again uh, around. And then what else has been going on in life, dude? I mean, just kicking it, been working a new playlist and a new script for my breathwork journey. I'm really excited about this one, guys. It's it's going to be curated. The theme is around stress. <laughs> That's a lie. It's curated around self-love and forgiveness. And it's funny when I make these scripts. So I create a playlist of a lot of songs to create like a 45-minute breathwork, like intense breathwork journey, and then about 10-15 minutes of calm, relaxing breathing uh, or songs to uh, come back down to earth. And it's it's a, it's such an artistic endeavor. I realized, you know, I got to bring my mindfulness uh, stuff to it as well, and the performative aspect of actually guiding someone throughout this journey. But it's really artistic in creating and curating these playlists, these journeys. Um, it's almost like a creative writing experience when I write these scripts. I write these words. It's it, there's there's a poetry to it. There's a musicality to it. I time certain words with the timing. Um, of the music, you know, and it's a really exciting journey. And sometimes when I'm making it, I get goosebumps, you know. And, and for any screenwriters out there, anyone who does any kind of writing, there are times where, you know, the big magic just floods through you and you kind of get goosebumps. You're like, where did that come from? That worked perfectly. And it's such an exciting space to be in because you are in full creation and you are channeling some higher power. I swear, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So that's been really present for me all week. Uh, just trying to stay present, trying to stay grounded, and trying to stay healthy. And this is going to transition probably into what I'm going to talk about today. But if you guys haven't noticed, we um, actually before I say this, I want to say that this episode, this podcast is dropping on Friday, June 9th. Friday, June 9th is my little sister Becky's birthday, her 22nd birthday. So if you guys know her, if you guys 
want to spread some love, spread some kindness, and wish Becky a happy birthday, um, hit her up on Instagram. I think her Instagram handle is just Becky Larkin. Uh, Larkin Becky. I don't know. I think it's Becky Larkin. And um, she's 22, man. They grow up so damn fast, dude. So damn fast. And uh, we're going to have a have some plans for tomorrow. Have some fun. Be present. Be goofy. Be dancey. Uh, express ourselves and celebrate life, man. That's what it is. Celebrating life. So I'm really excited about that. And yeah, bro. Happy birthday, sis. Happy birthday. Now going into the goods. The state of the world. <laughs> Health. For those of you who may not know, on the East Coast, specifically the Northeast, we've been having some air quality uh, issues based off of forest fires in Canada. Um, it really, I started feeling it on Wednesday. Actually, I so I do breath holding exercises. If you listen to my last episode, I talk about the bolt score. So I practice my bolt score. So I practice breath holding exercises every day. And like Tuesday, even like Monday a little bit, I just, I kind of sucked. Like I just wasn't able to hold my breath as long. I was getting out of breath a little bit easier. And I just, I was like, man, maybe my recovery is just bad. And I'm just not feeling it today. And then Wednesday was the first sign that uh, there was an air index of unhealthy air quality. And Wednesday was, was pretty bad. And then actually Wednesday was really bad. Wednesday was yesterday. Today is Thursday and I feel like it's getting a little bit better. Um, I know in New York it's getting a little better and in, in the city it's getting a little bit better, but it's still gnarly. And especially on like the Tuesday when we first were exposed to it, or first crossed our, our minds that this was a reality. You know, you go outside and, and you just kind of smells like a, a fire, like a literal campfire. And it's really creepy and it's really kind of post-apocalyptic and it's almost like not real you know like we get so we live in such a bubble we get so caught up in our own lives our own problems all these little things and it's interesting how it takes something like this to just be like what the f why like why am i here on this earth it's like sometimes these create existential questions and that's kind of the issue with going down the rabbit hole of advocacy because there's a lot of questions you know it brings up a lot of shit and it's a dark rabbit hole to go down and you kind of tap into all these injustices and like what can you like you're you're kind of you're 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 in victimhood like what can i actually do there's so much wrong in this world so many things going on and like this world is metaphorically but like figuratively burning you know and it's like what can i do man you know what can i do and i find it fascinating this is no judgment towards anyone. I think this is just kind of like a truth. Uh, for me, growing up, you know, we lived in such a bubble. We lived in such a safe space where we had a lot of resources and we didn't see a lot of hardships. And you read in books about poverty. You read in books about health and sanitation issues. You read in books about um, areas with 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 really bad water qualities. You hear about you know social justice issues. You hear about money socioeconomic issues you know like all of these things gun violence all the issues like we, we could rattle off lists for days all the injustices come up and you read about it and i think some people naturally are more empathic than others and some people they feel it you know and it's like damn that sucks like I, my heart goes out to those people some people were so far removed from it like we're like yeah that sucks but i mean whatever you know and because we haven't experienced it firsthand, like if I don't have someone in my family who's died of breast cancer or cancer, like I know cancer is bad, but like it doesn't really affect me, you know? 
um, I know pollution's bad. Like, I know it's not good for the planet, but I mean, like, what is one me, like, dropping one solo cup in the, in the, the forest gonna do? And it's not until you go to an island where you're looking at the ocean and you wanna go swimming and you can't swim because there's not an inch of water. It's all trash in the waters, right? Um, you know, like, plant-based community and like people eat meat like it doesn't concern you until you like go to a slaughterhouse and you see this shit happen like i just genuinely don't think we can truly appreciate um and like carry concern until it's we've experienced it in our first-hand lives our first-hand experiences uh whether that happens to us and we see it with our own eyes or it happens to a loved one someone that we really care about and it's unfortunate how it takes something having to happen to us but I think that creates the strongest advocates and the people who make a lot of changes in, um, in parliaments, in governments, in legislation. Uh, people who have had things, mis injustices happen to them, they're at the front lines fighting their asses off because it affected them personally. And for a lot of people from the outside looking in, they're like, why is this person so passionate, so crazy? But if you were in that too, and like, you lost a loved one, you lost a brother, you lost your sister, you lost your mom, you lost your baby girl, baby boy. Like, you bet your ass, like, that's going to affect you on some deeper level, you know? And it's kind of tragic how it takes us getting smacked around by these injustices firsthand to want to do something about it, right? But I feel like that's just kind of how it works. So seeing, you know, and feeling and experiencing this world kind of burning you know literally being looking outside and feeling the haze not just looking at and seeing this crazy sunset this crazy apocalyptic energy but also feeling it in our lungs man feeling it deeply in our lungs feeling the headaches that it's giving us we're like oh shit guys the choices that i make actually it can impact this and i can make a difference by the choices that i make and some of the choices that i do make actually make this worse so i can take responsibility right so i think as scary and terrifying as these you know forest fires are and everything um i do believe there's two sides um good and bad you know you have a circumstance and then good and bad two different sides of the same coin and we can find the good in these uh these tragedies if you will and i think it really at the end of the day comes about to coming together and i think that's what i'm going to label this episode is coming together you know, again, it shouldn't take us losing a loved one, us being screwed over, us being hurt, us, whatever that circumstance is. Like, we shouldn't have to wait for that to make change, to be genuine, compassionate, loving human beings, to see each other, to try to empathize and understand each other. That's the biggest thing, man. There are so many people in this life that I, I can't truly understand. Like I, I've never lived in their shoes, but I can I can make an effort to to sit and listen. I can make an effort to try to understand and sit without judgment, without judgment. How many of us are willing to do that? You know, that takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of courage to be able to look at someone who's doing a lot of wrong in this world, a lot of bad in this world, and try to listen to them try to understand them because I'm telling you like the people like the point one percenters the one percenters who are doing all this bad stuff that's controlling a lot of things if we just keep 
Like, there's just a little boy in there, just a little girl in there. If we just keep hurting them and yelling at them and getting pissed off at them, you really think it's going to open their heart to change? I don't think it is. It's justifiable. We can absolutely curse them out because what they're doing is terribly wrong. But there's a little boy, a little girl, a little human, a little human inside there. And think about times when we were young. How do we respond to ridicule, to being ridiculed, to being shamed publicly? How do we respond when other people, you know, put us down over and over and over again, curse us out? I'm not going to listen to them. Man, when I went, before I went vegan, before I went plant-based, I've been plant-based for over three years, guys. I had a coworker who, I was eating like, on, I was on my lunch break and I had a, a hard-boiled egg. And in my experience, everything that I learned about hard-boiled eggs, I'm getting protein. You know, this is a good, healthy option uh, for my health, right? And my coworker, who was vegan for many years, and, and still is, uh, destroyed me. You know, saying I was eating, uh, you know, like animal pus and, and all these these things, and just attacking my per my personal, you know, and the choices that I was making. And here's the thing, guys. Like I was open to going plant based. Like clearly, because I, I ended up doing it later on. But that exchange. And that interaction, I think that's why the plant-based community struggles sometimes. I think a lot of like dogmatic communities struggle because it's my way or the highway. And I just don't think you can shame other people into choosing your choice. Even if you're 100% right, you're 100% right. It's not what you say, it's what people hear. If you put someone down, I, I get, like after that ex exchange, like I would go the opposite. I would go carnivore out of spite because fuck you, pal. Like, that's the attitude. It creates separation, you know what I'm saying? You know, granted, I'm not that kind of person, so I didn't carry myself that way, and I didn't do that. I wanted to make informed, conscious choices for myself. But a lot of people, like, why is, like, alcoholism, like, in Italy, like, like kids are drinking casually, you know, wine at the table since they're 16, 15, 14 years old, and alcohol isn't, like, a problem because it's, it's not normalized, but it's, like, it's part of the culture, and it's okay to do it. You're not shamed. Western culture, man. Like, you have to be 21 to do this. You're partying with your, you know, your high school friends. You're trying to navigate this world. You realize that alcohol can give you a little bit of an edge, a little bit of a confidence, you know, letting go of those inhibitions. And um, and you're, you tell me I can't drink. Fuck you, pal. I'm going to send it. And I feel like those underage kids are at, like, the most risk of over-abusing alcohol, 100%. Over-abusing drugs, you know? Because if you tell me I can't do it, I feel like there's like an innate primal thing that tells us, fuck you, pal, I'm going to do it anyways, out of spite, right? And, then, and at that point, it becomes illogical. It's like parenting. You tell your kids you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. That, that kid's not going to listen to you. And they're going to do it because, out of spite, because you force them not to experience and live. Like, we need to make conscious decisions for ourselves. Like, we can't be told what to do and what not to do. So I think we need to create a space of understanding, of listening to each other without getting our egos hurt, without getting our identities broken down. Like we need to open our hearts up, open our souls up, create a space to listen to each other, man, and just communicate, share our truth, because that's all we got, man. And my truth is valid. Your truth is valid. We might have completely opposing ideas of what our truth is, but that is valid. Right? That's the thing, man. We think we live in such we live in our own heads. 
24 hours a day, seven days a week. We live in our own bubbles and our own communities, and we think our way is the only way because we've never seen, you know, for us who haven't traveled the world or seen different cultures or gone to different churches where, you know, you have people telling an audience that this is true, but everyone is saying something different. What is true, guys? I believe what's true is what is true for you, what you believe, what your faith is. And if you believe in something strong enough, that becomes your reality, man, you know? So what's true for me might not be true for you. And what's true for you might not be true for me. And that's okay, dude. Like, that's the thing. That's the thing. But now it's not about truth anymore. It's not about sharing our truth and trying to come and create and make conscious decisions and conscious agreements or whatever that is. It's about, no, 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 no. I'm right and you're wrong. That's where we're at. That's the power play. That's the politics. That's like vegan carnivore, like all these opposing forces. Like, why are we so <laughs> opposing of each other? I think it's a lot of ego. And sometimes that's like hard to swallow. It's a really hard pill to swallow. If someone told me I have a, I have a really big ego, like that's a hard pill for me to swallow. But I think it's important to check ourselves and audit ourselves. But man, I think that's where a lot of us are at. And there's been a lot of you know, minority groups have been oppressed for a long time and it's your time to rise and I get that and I'm here for that and I support that. But it can't be, fuck you, dude, like I'm rising and like I'm pushing you down while I'm rising up. Like we need to rise together. That's the only way this organism works and this entire human experience, eight billion people, you know, our systems, like everything, it only works if we rise together and we listen to each other and i'm sitting here and i'm not sure if anyone's even going to hear this um it's a lot easier said than done but i hope that this can create a ripple and give people hope because i'm thinking like this and this is how i want to carry myself and this is how i want to move and i haven't met a bajillion people who think like this but if i think like this someone else out there thinks like this and that gives me hope you know what i'm saying that gives me hope and hopefully it sparks something in you to start speaking your truth to living in your truth to start listening and holding yourself with compassion and not judgment because so many of us feel judged like how do we feel how do you feel when you, when you when someone judges you you know someone rolls their eyes at you someone gives you that look that little smirk that little that little you know head nod that says they don't approve of you like it sucks it sucks so what a gift it is to be able to hold space for someone with just open arms and love. Open arms and love, man. Love is everything. Love is magic, dude. It really is. I do believe that. And I'm here for it, man. I think love is it's attainable, it's achievable, it's the highest frequency when I'm tapped into love truly, you know, this unconditional love. I'm not talking romantic, intimate relationship love. I'm talking I'm talking the love where you're 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 with someone, you're present with them. You see them, they see you, you're listening to them, you're nodding along with them, right? You're you're challenging them, right? You're you're you have your best interest for them. You're inspiring them, motivating them. Like you are fully one hundred percent with someone without judgment, with compassion and empathy, and just a full heart. Like that's some crazy kind of love, man. That's some crazy kind of love. I believe in that kind of love. I got hope for it. It's a crazy world, man. We're gonna have a lot of ups and downs and this journey is all about the ups and the downs. How do we navigate that? We do it together. So let's come together.
man. Like, share this episode with your friends, with your family, because I'm like dead ass, guys. I did not plan for any of that to come out. I was my, I had one note, and it was just come together, and then I just kind of let it rip and let it flow, and it kind of felt really beautiful. That's why I love doing podcasts, man. I love seeing my progression and how I kind of have evolved up at just speaking from my heart. And when I really kind of like throw away the script and I allow and open myself up to allow whatever comes through to come through and I carry myself with confidence, try to be articulate, slow down, speak my truth. That's wild. (laughs) It's really crazy. It's really crazy. So that's what I got. Thank you guys for tuning in as always. If you're digging this, if you're vibing this, like, comment, rate, subscribe, review. Tell your friends, tell your family, especially this episode. This one felt just, this one came straight from my heart. Yeah, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Larkin underscore Andrew. You guys can check me out on my website at andrewlarkin.me. Uh, give little sister Becky Larkin a happy birthday shout out. There we go. Small act of kindness for you, for others. Makes the world go round. We need it now more than ever. Hug a loved one. Give a nice bear hug. Human touch is so healing. High five yourself because you are deserving. You are worthy. You are enough. You are enough. You are enough. And always, always, always strive to live a lucid life. This is Andrew Larkin. One love.